Well, the top of the morning to you and welcome to the Brian Buffini Show. Typically, you'll have heard our producer David Lally's voice come in by now. Typically, our podcast goes out religiously every Tuesday. To be a voice of value in the marketplace at this time, we've made a commitment to provide at least two podcasts a week and at least one Facebook Live that I'm going to conduct from either my office here or my home for the foreseeable future. We want to provide real-time information, real-time value, replace fear with facts, and uh, help folks navigate a very difficult time for our country, for our world, and specifically for our marketplace. And we want to provide value through you to your customers and to your communities. And so today, in order to kick off this accelerated program of podcasts and broadcasts, I really only had one person I asked my team to go get, and that's Dr. Lawrence Yoon. Now, for those of you who are not as familiar with Dr. Yoon, he's considered one of the top economists in the world in any field. He just happens to be our guy in real estate, and uh, he is the chief economist and senior vice president of research at the National Association of Realtors. You know, they are providing commentary on real estate market trends for its 1.4 million members and a remarkable organization. Now, Lawrence is responsible for NARS existing home stats, the affordability index, home buyers and home sellers profiles. If you've listened to me with any of our bold predictions, Lawrence is probably the, the person I quote more than any other as a source and resource of information. And so to have him live today is fantastic. Lawrence is very connected. He's involved in forecasting panels among the Blue Chip Council, the Wall Street Journal Forecasting Survey. He participates in the industrial economic discussion groups at the Joint Center for Housing Studies of Harvard University. And I can go on, and we could take up our whole time today giving you his resume. He's a very humble man, but a very brilliant guy. And if you've turned on any news outlets uh, over the last couple of years and they want to talk about housing, Lawrence is often the voice and the face doing that. So, uh, Lawrence, uh, we got a chance to connect for a couple of days just six weeks ago and have some great meetings and plans for the future. But it seems like six weeks ago was a different lifetime ago. Welcome to the show. Uh, Brian, uh, thanks for having me on the show. Uh, yes, when uh, President Trump gave his State of the Union address, right. uh, listing up all the positive economic indicators, you know, the record low unemployment rate, stock market uh, just touching another new high. But quickly, things have changed uh, dramatically from this unforeseen event, essentially an economic quarantine that is put into effect. Uh, I'm here based in Washington, D.C., a couple of blocks from the U.S. Capitol. Right now, the senators are trying to come up with the stimulus plan to fight off this uh, economic shutdown that's been happening. Uh, so big changes. It is big changes. It's a new world. But also, it, this isn't, I also, for me, uh, you know, we faced many, many different crises in the past and as a country. And, and I think it's important, you know, I, I've watched every press conference that the White House has held. And one of the things I find interesting, there's a lot of young people who are the reporters asking questions, and which is great and exciting and so on and so forth. But sometimes they don't have a broad breadth of perspective of the different crises we've been through many, 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 many times before. And I just think it'd be good for us right now to roll up our sleeve. This is an unprecedented situation we're seeing, and it's affecting things in an unprecedented way. But I'd love to kind of dig in. We have many hundreds of thousands of people all over the United States and the world listening to us today. And I would like to kind of dive in a little bit and talk about what we're seeing and what we're witnessing. You know, February 29th, the leap year day, 
America showed 279,000 new jobs. It was 100,000 more. We had record unemployment. The economy's super strong, a bunch of cash, all these things we mentioned. And now here we are less than three weeks later, and all heck done broke loose now, as they say. What are you seeing in regards to the data, in regards to what's happening and the changes you're seeing right now in the marketplace? Uh, so related to the home sales, you know, one looks at what is actually reported. Uh, we certainly uh, received a lot of data from the multiple listing surveys trying to compile. So as of February, housing market was solid. Uh, the home sales comfortably above one year ago. Home prices rising for 90 plus consecutive months on a year-over-year basis. Uh, home prices, unlike the stock market, does not move in a quick one way or the other. Right. Uh, it tends to be much more stable. Back uh, 12 years ago, when we had that great recession, housing market was not on a very solid fundamentals. Mm. We had overproduction. Builders were building way too many homes. Today, builders have been underproducing. So we have been running into that housing shortage, inventory shortage, so completely different situation. And also, we don't have that easy uh, subprime, loosey, uh, goosey mortgages mm. uh, that was prevalent uh, 12 years ago. So housing is on very solid ground, yet we are running into this economic quarantine, as I like to phrase it, that is shutting down the economy temporarily. Right. And obviously, that's going to have some impact in regards to jobs, and the trailing effect of that will be more influential in real estate. But as you said, I mean, we've been having some discussions and we're preparing to do some uh, messaging ourselves, but the banking industry is in a completely different spot than it was going into the last recession. Um, You know, we know that the banks across the board, they've been asked to constantly have these annual stress tests and quarterly stress tests. They have much stronger balance sheets than they had going into this last recession. And I like to tell our staff here, you know, when we went into the recession, our company experienced it earlier. It was January of 2007. And we came out of it and started to see light in January of 2013. We are already seeing in places like Korea and China, where the coronavirus is starting to get into a mitigated state, where their economies are already starting to come back. There's a lot of movie to play and a lot of story to play out here. But no matter what, this is going to be a shorter term situation than what we faced with the last recession. Would you agree? Uh, Absolutely. I mean, first, uh, you know, even if we were to face an economic recession, and when I say economic recession, you know, one can be very technical to say two consecutive quarters Mm -hmm. of GDP decline. But for most people, it's a situation when their neighbors lose jobs. Mm -hmm. They lose jobs, you know, they would consider that a great depression. But Mm -hmm. uh, the stimulus plan that the bipartisan measure uh, is that people who are losing jobs, you know, you are looking at bartenders, uh, flight attendants, hotel uh, service uh, workers. These are people who are hardworking people due to the effect that has nothing to do with, you know, their work efforts or the economy of, of what it was before. And therefore, the stimulus plan is to say, look, uh, if you are losing job, losing income as a result of a virus impacted economic sector, you will be made whole uh, from that. So as the stimulus plan provides the income, and, and just as you mentioned, like in South Korea, the virus situation is now coming down greatly. Mm-hmm. They are restarting their professional basketball league in South Korea. So if it is of short duration, one can anticipate a quite a strong real estate rebound after, say, one or two months of somewhat of a lackluster activity. Um, and actually, we have to remember, we had that housing shortage going into uh, this virus situation. And if the duration of this virus 
negative impact is up short, uh, you know, say a couple of months, we're going to run into the housing shortage right away again. You bet. And I, I had a conversation recently with a pretty outspoken, very public figure in regards to the stock market. And he was making his reports on TV. And I had a conversation with her. I said, just so you know, the people I represent, represent homeowners. And homeowners haven't lost 30% of their value in the last 19 days, which may have happened in the stock market and so on and so forth. Which, by the way, I remind people all the time, if you don't sell, you haven't lost anything. Okay? It's just numbers on the screen, right? If you own the stock in a really good quality company, a really quality fund, you haven't lost anything if you don't sell, right? So, but I, I shared with them, I said, number one, our folks haven't lost 30% of their value. And I said, number two, isn't it interesting that in this time of crisis, the one place that people had to go to for their safe haven was their home. And their homes became their, their shelter, their comfort, their lifeboat. And, you know, for many people, as we know now, there's a 15 days of intense lockdown and people self-quarantining and so on and so forth. And I think on one hand, people are falling in love with their house again. And on other hands, they might have all their kids home from college and they're going, man, I got to get a bigger place. (laughs) (laughs) These guys are driving me nuts. So one of the questions we've been asked repeatedly, and I've been asked to ask you by our members, is do you think the spring selling season, which is normally a big push, especially in the eastern seaboard states and the weather gets a little better and here comes spring and we see that big push. Do you think it's more likely that that spring season is going to get pushed out in the summer and late into fall? Or is that season going to be gone and we're going to see a precipitous drop off in home sales this year? Uh, So it depends on that duration of the economic shutdown. Uh, If it is short, and it could be very, very short. I mean, the people are working on the vaccine, uh, you know, people and people who are recovering from the coronavirus. Currently, about 80,000 people have recovered, while about 8,000 people sadly has died from the virus. But 80,000 uh, people have recovered, and consequently, they are working on those recovery plasma situation. So if it is of short duration, uh, it will be just a delayed spring buying season. Mm-hmm. So it could be in August, September, where we see that normal spring buying season occur because, you know, there's always a changes in family circumstances. People have additional child in the family or people who were uh, in the elementary school, suddenly they're going into middle or high school and they want to have a different uh, school district. So there's people constantly moving and the job market is, uh, has been very, very strong. You know, once you create jobs, uh, there's a need for relocation. So if it's a short duration coronavirus impact, then one will just see a, a very robust late summer going into fall home sales market. You bet. Obviously, it's almost impossible to project at this stage, right? Because you're having to analyze data, and data is a rearview mirror. And you have data through February, which look like, hey, we're heading for a fantastic year. You know, everything's looking great. Prices are good, and so on and so forth. It seems to me that as we get ready, there will be a pent-up demand. I mean, that seems to be obvious. In the other areas, you know, it's not like, okay, I want to go back to the restaurants in June, and I'm going to eat five meals a day. That's not going to happen. I plan to do a cruise in March. Boom, that's not happening. So. There will be areas that obviously will see effect. There will be other areas of the economy that we will see probably longer term unemployment and so on and so forth that take a while. But in the housing market specifically, it seems like because we were at the center of the storm so many years ago, we're in really good shape. It seems like the banks are in good shape. The actual fundamentals of supply and demand are, are very strong still. We've, we've got a limited supply and based on our population. It seems like the real estate business is a huge sector of the economy is actually poised to still perform pretty well. What say you to that? 
Uh, absolutely. I mean, one looks at the early 1980s recession when unemployment rate climbed to 12 percent. Uh, what happened to real estate? Well, home prices were rising even throughout the recession. Home prices were rising. One looks at the 1990s recession. Home prices rose. Uh, aftermath of that tragic September 11th event, uh, economy went to a recession of short duration. Home prices increased. So people who held on to real estate, they did well even during this very difficult economic times. The only exception is really that the uh, 2007-2012 uh, housing-induced recession because of that easy subprime mortgages mm -hmm. and builders building over 2 million homes. Just to give you perspective, today we are barely building a little over 1 million homes. So right. that has been the case for almost a decade, and which is the reason why we have that inventory shortage. Uh, and builders simply cannot ramp up to 2 million, even if they wanted to. Uh, so we are running into this housing shortage. Uh, housing is on very solid ground if we were to go into a recession. Right. And, and, and what we've also seen in the past is when there were major economic downturns, many people feel the queasiness of how quickly the stock market can move. And uh, people have said, I'm putting my money back into housing, even in a rental properties or second homes and so on and so forth. It seems like right now, that's probably the logical thing again. Depending on your age and your risk tolerance, what percentage of your portfolio should be in stocks anyway is obviously uh, is something to be discussed. But it seems like real estate is always going to be this safe haven where people are putting their investment. Uh, I would like to see uh, you know more homeowner participate in the wealth gain over the long haul. Mm -hmm. you know, maybe for one or two years, then the prices really do not rise all that much. Right. But right now, given the housing shortage, prices would rise. But one area, you know, real estate investors, they're doing quite well. I mean, the rental income is coming in. Mm -hmm. uh, even through this, uh, this uh, you know, if there is a downturn of some longer duration, the rental income will continue to come in uh, as long as there's a stimulus. A plan to provide for lost income for those people who are uh, impacted, and at least that's the intent of the uh, White House, along with Congress, in passing the stimulus bill. So real estate investors are in very good shape. But right. I'd rather have homeowners participating rather than the real estate investors. For sure, for sure. And I also think I was just listening to Larry Kudlow, uh, who's the White House chief economic advisor, and he was saying, "Look, our currency is very strong." And our credit is excellent, and money is so cheap right now. At some point in time, deficits need to be addressed and so on and so forth. But right now, they have many options to continue to support the economy because credit is so cheap at a country level. We can borrow a lot. We can infuse a lot. We can direct a lot. You know, in many ways, we're well set up for this crisis on a major level. I want to throw a couple of very tactical things in here that many of our constituents and members are asking. With the impact of the Fed cutting the rate to zero, how does that actually impact mortgage rates that will be passed on to the consumer? Uh, well, you know, the headline news when the Fed cuts the interest rate, so what they control directly is something called Fed funds rate. Mm. Uh, that is a, actually a guidance of what a bank uh, borrowing rate from each other. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, there's always a cash flow issue. You know, you have to meet the payroll. You need to borrow money for one week and then repay. So Fed funds rates are not mortgage rates. So the mortgage rates uh, do not necessarily move one-to-one -one with that funds rate, but generally the fact that we are in a very accommodating monetary policy means mortgage rates will be at historic lows. Mm -hmm. The most recent data shows about 3.3%. I think it could even go down to 3%. Wow. Uh, we took a survey of realtor members, 
about their clients to say, you have a stock market crash, clearly a negative, but then we have a record low mortgage rate. How are your clients reacting to this opposing forces, negative stock market versus positive mortgage rates? And most realtors indicated that their clients are very attracted to the low interest rates over the stock market. Uh, to some degree, that's not surprising because half of Americans don't have any exposure to the stock market. Mm-hmm. So they're just looking at the low mortgage rates. Right. Uh, and once the rate goes down, they're saying, well, fantastic time to enter the market. But simply right now at the moment, I think people are being cautious. Mm-hmm. Uh, people are taking the advice of social distance. So maybe if they want to search for home, they're doing more online rather than doing actual visits, mm-hmm. physical visits. But once the all-clear signal uh, is addressed to say the virus situation is over, I think you're going to see a great, robust rebound in people searching for home. For sure. And we're hearing anecdotal stuff from our clients right now, which is, hey, we're getting multiple offers still on properties and things like that. However, in certain areas, Northern California, New York, they've shut down the government buildings that can record the deeds and so on and so forth. So they're having to deal with a lot of extensions or going back to the customers and saying, hey, can we file extensions and so on and so forth. There's some challenges like that in the short term. I know we've heard of appraisers not wanting to go into houses, some people not wanting to have their house on the market for a period of time. And I really feel like Dr. Burke and Dr. Fauci have been doing superb work. I watch these press conferences. I feel good. I like these folks are really on it. They've really pressed it down and say, can we for 15 days do this strong isolation, get the millennials acting like they're not free and clear and get people not going to bars and not going to restaurants, stay at home, and that we can cut this curve down radically, then we don't overwhelm the medical system. And it seems like so many people are doing the right thing right now and so many people are doing good things. It does have a chance of really working and forestalling this situation. If I can, Dr. Yoon, I would like to get your input here. We're giving advice to our members, the people that we're coaching. You know, during 9-11, we encouraged our members. We said, call all everyone in your database, write personal notes, encouraging people in your database. And in those cases, we wanted to pop by and go visit people face to face. And we said, look, don't talk business. You're not talking real estate. Just be a word of encouragement, be a settling force. We just encouraged our, our folks to be a voice of value and just bring calmness and strength to your customers. And the byproduct of that, which we weren't expecting is once people kind of settle down following 9-11, as you remember 9-11, we were expecting a lot more attacks. We saw an increase in referrals for our members that was precipitous, you know, two to three times what they ever received before. So we're, we're encouraging people right now, be a voice of value. And maybe you don't pop by everyone in your database, but maybe if you could find a way to provide some resources to maybe some older folks and do it in a very sanitary way, leave it at their door, those kinds of things. We're also telling people to get trained. If you're stuck in and home, now is the time to up your professionalism get trained. We offer many of these great training programs to help people become more professional, more skilled. So at BuffiniCompany.com, we've facilitated now our training programs that used to have to be done in person are now able to be all done online. People can take these courses at home. Many brokerages are doing their training programs with us through Zoom, where they're getting people in their office through Zoom to do this live. And then the last thing we're telling people is be prepared that in nine months of work to get 12 months of revenue. When this all shakes out, There's this pent-up demand. We want to get after it. We want to encourage people. You want all that stuff you've been doing to call people now. Then it's time, this pent-up demand, let's go. And let's go get 12 months of revenue in the next nine months and get 12 months of production in the next nine months. So that's 
that's what we're sharing with our clients and the people we have. What, what do you think of that advice and where would you fall in line with that? Uh, that's terrific advice, Brian. Uh, I think, you know, people uh, need to be reminded to be resourceful. I mean, naturally, uh, you know, real estate business is highly entrepreneurial. Mm-hmm. We see it in the data uh, that shows that uh, about 15% of realtor members, 15% make six-figure six commission income, mm-hmm. while 30% make less than $30,000 a year, which right. means that some uh, really view it as an entrepreneurial business, while others may be just trying it out and maybe it doesn't really fit into their uh, personality or, or, you know, get up and go attitude. So what you are providing is absolutely critical. I mean, people stay at home, but if you're staying at home, how can you be resourceful? Well, mm-hmm. why don't you give some training? Mm-hmm. Uh, there's much to learn from it. Uh, so great advice. No, that's good stuff. Let me ask you, what advice do you have for our real estate community? We have tens of thousands, possibly hundreds of thousands of people in the real estate community and even some homeowners listening into this broadcast today. What advice do you have as the lead economist of our industry? Uh, well, you know, for uh, every decision of uh, buying a home, uh, that is a major expenditure, uh, which requires careful decision. I think last year and early part of this year, some people had to make hurry decision because of the multiple bid. Mm-hmm. So I like to see a more home building activity uh, come onto the market once we go past this crisis. Uh, but uh, what it all means is that one has the position that the market will become a more balanced market condition. And when people ask me personally, would you buy in this environment? And here's the advice I would say. If I was fearful that my job could be at stake mm-hmm. because of the potential economic downturn, I would pause. But right. if uh, one feels that their job is secure, uh, and many jobs are, people working yes. in the healthcare industry, people working in education, so there are many jobs where uh, jobs are very secure, take advantage of the record low mortgage rates and also the fact that maybe there are less buyers out in the market during the crisis, mm-hmm. uh, which means there's less uh, competition and better uh, price negotiation potential. Yeah, no doubt. Well. I mean, we've done this. We've been prepared at Buffini and Company, and we've been telling our staff, you know, we built up big financial reserves. We've taken all kinds of investments to be able to do work remotely and use all the different technologies to continue to provide all the services we currently provide for our members. They're out contacting their customers at a rate that they haven't even before. And, you know, my advice to some of my own staff is like, hey, we're not going anywhere. You're not going anywhere. You know, that house you were looking at in Carlsbad that was getting 15 offers, well, you might be the only drop of water right now, and, and you might be able to get a fair price and a fair deal and not have to overpay. So, But I do think it gets back to what is your profession? What is your situation? What is the glide path of the industry you serve? And like I said, if it is a time when you feel insecure about your job, insecure about your income, you know, hit the pause button. And uh, when all this clears, get back in the game. And there's still going to be a housing shortage. There's still going to be low interest rates. And buying a home is going to become an even bigger deal than ever before because right now the home is the only safe place that you are know you have. You can clean your home, you can take care of your home, and people are being asked to take care of their homes. I, I listened to the president the other day and he said, enjoy your living room. Uh, you know, uh, one thing that uh, will lead to permanent change from this coronavirus uh, situation is that I think there will be more people working at home, which means that right. uh, many people will suddenly realize that their home does not have that Uh, office space that they really require. So Mm -hmm. we may actually begin to see more people wanting to search for uh, different homes that fit them 
their lifestyle a little better. I lo- that was going to be my question is what do you think? Because there will be some changes societally that come out of this. And I think they'll be subtle. I mean, obviously we see the gig economy with people with Uber drivers and stuff like that. They're feeling some insecurity about their work. But we've been hearing about this work from home dynamic and this tsunami of work from home for a long time. We have 240 employees. We've had about 15% who've worked from home. Well, right now it's 90%. Now I know full well when this crisis is over, a lot of these folks are going to be coming to me going, man, I'd like to keep working from home if I can. (laughs) And I think a lot of people are experiencing that and seeing that. And I do believe that will be one of the effects. What other long-term changes do you see coming as best you can, your crystal ball? What else do you see coming out of this once this is all settled down and we're back to some semblance of normalcy? Uh, the housing market has a huge potential for growth. Mm. Uh, we have had underproduction for a decade. Uh, even if the builders ramp up, I mean, they're having trouble finding the uh, skilled construction workers. I mean, that's another topic to address. America mm-hmm. is to get more people into vocational training rather than trying to send everyone into the four-year college. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, things like appraisals, home inspector, currently they do not want – but they're very uh, – uh, elderly. I mean, the area, a, average age of appraisals you know, are in the 50s or even reaching 60s. So we need a young set of people going into the real estate mm-hmm. uh, to provide that pipeline. But we will see a steady and long, possibly a long-term growth in housing starts, meaning new home construction. More new home construction means more inventory available in the existing homes market which allow the consumers to feel more comfortable about making that transaction without a hurry decision. So in other words, uh, when a large broker asked me, how should I plan for my business? Mm. This is my answer. Over the next five years, probably four of those five years will be an improving year. Mm. Uh, and when I used to, you know, give one year for a little caveat, uh, maybe 2020 because of that, that coronavirus, it's a little slight pause that occurs. But people who are planning for the future, long-term, in real estate, they will do well. Yes. And, you know, my wife has a phrase she reminds me of all the time, this too shall pass. And you just mentioned something I think that's very important. Epiphening Company, we've been spending a lot of time working on our five-year plan. And, you know, when you have a bit of a longer-term perspective, it seems to take you out of the short-term panic. Now, there's things we need to be cautious about. We do need to be careful. We need to practice the social distancing and all the health issues we need, we washing our hands and being careful and going to every length possible. But long-term, if we have a long-term perspective, I have a long-term perspective of the stock market. I got to be honest, I'll be candid with you. I've bought stock every week for the past three weeks and I intend to buy more. Now I'm positioned for that. I was planning on that and I have positions in good companies that I'm taking bigger positions in. That's all I'm doing because I'm looking at the stock market in 2025 and 2030 and not the stock market and where it's going to be in May. And so I just want to give that out because that's what I'm doing. And I prepared for that because of how hard we got hit with the previous recession. Somebody might be getting hit hard now. This will prepare you for the next one. And oh, by the way, they come pretty regularly. It's not the end of the world. Well, you know, 1987, the biggest stock market crash that occurred before the prior one, uh, people who purchased at that time, I mean, they're pretty much a millionaire now. Yeah. Uh, and even in, back in 2007, during the, you know, at the depths of the subprime crisis, job losses, uh, people who went in when everything was fearful of the stock market, uh, they have come out 
very well, uh, even accounting for the recent stock market correction. I mean, right. they're well ahead of that low point. Um, and I have a son, you know, a college student uh, who is investing in the stock market, a small amount. Uh, he's not afraid. He said, oh, this is another good opportunity to buy because he has a very long-term horizon. <laughs> You've trained him very well, Lawrence. You've trained him very well. You know, as Warren Buffett said, when people get fearful, I get greedy. And when people get <laughs> greedy, I get fearful. Yeah. And I know that not everybody's sitting around on a pile of cash to invest in stocks and whatever else, but we are talking here about the home. Here's a question I have for you specifically. NARA is very powerful in regards to its influence with politics and the legislature. So, for example, a friend of mine, he owns a piece of property around the corner here, wants to build 16 homes. He wants me to finance it and do a partnership agreement. We've done many construction projects in the past. But the requirements that are being asked basically make it not worth anybody's while to go dig the dirt and build the houses. Do you think there's a possibility in order to stimulate growth, in order to come out of a, a short-term recession, do you think there's a possibility we might see a relaxing of the restrictions that have held back new construction that possibly could help with the housing shortage in the years to come? Well, you know, many of the development issues, zoning laws, uh, the land use regulations are at the local or state level. Mm -hmm. uh, but nonetheless, NAR President uh, Vince Malta was recently at the White House uh, with President Trump to relax some of the uh, regulation from the federal level to the extent that federal uh, level could be due, but also with a strong moral suasion to the state and locals to say, look, you are hindering local economic growth. One study that we have found is that in places like San Francisco, where it is almost impossible to build, if it was not for the technology company clusters, uh, you would be in terrible shape. Uh, another part uh, that we are finding is that uh, in areas where there is a stringency about the growth, uh, you know, putting too much barriers to building new homes, people are fleeing out of that region into other areas. Mm -hmm. That's why one sees such a robust growth in places like Arizona or in Florida or in Texas compared to, say, New York or in California. California, unfortunately, is very difficult to build. Uh, is good for existing homeowners because it keeps the prices up due to right. the housing shortage, but it limits future economic growth prospects. You bet. Well, it's a gyroscope that's going to continue to spin. I think my goal today was to provide people with some clarity, to hear from a, a respected man like yourself who's watching the data daily. You're right there in D.C. You're blocks away from the, the center where all the action is. And I, hopefully today we were able to bring some encouragement to some real estate agents and to some homeowners to know that the sky is not falling. This is a difficult time. You know, in many ways, this could be our finest hour. We're seeing just amazing stuff going on at community levels. I just saw a North Texas Facebook group that mobilized 4,000 people to go and get packages and care packages for the elderly, did it in a sanitary way, everybody wearing gloves, bringing stuff, leaving it at people's doorsteps, calling the person saying, hey, we left a little package for you outside. We're seeing remarkable stuff take place. And I think you know, this can be our finest hour in regards to what we're doing. And then also the housing market itself is on such solid footing. The banking is solid. The values of the homes are solid. There's a pent up demand that's going to continue on. And people in the real estate community take the time to get trained, take the time to get better, take the time to be a voice of value to your customers. And when this is all said and done, come out the door and make 12 months revenue in nine months. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's going to pass. Uh, this uh, short-term virus negative impact uh, will pass. Uh, I hope quickly, uh, but even if it's, uh, you know, it takes a little longer to mm -hmm. contain it, there is a, such a solid fundamental for the real estate market. Uh, things will play out very you well bet. over the long haul. I really appreciate your time today, and I hope this helps a lot of folks 
in our real estate community and in our homeowner community. Uh, so thanks so much for being on with us today. I enjoyed it very much, uh, and thank you for having me on the show. You know, as I listen to Dr. Yoon, and I know a lot of what's going on behind the scenes there of how NAR is working with the government, working on behalf of builders, working on behalf of residential agents, working on behalf of homeowners. You know, I'm reminded of 9-11 that, you know, I always had a healthy appreciation for firemen. You know, my, my best friend, Joe Nego, has two brothers who were fire captains. Uh, but after 9-11, I had a different level of appreciation for firemen after that whole experience. And watching right now what NAR is doing, I've always appreciated them. I've been a member of NAR 30-some years, but I'm watching right now what they're doing, how they're digging in. And I've never been more proud of that association than ever before and very, very thankful of what they're doing behind the scenes, much of which you'll hear about in months and years to come. So I just want to thank Dr. Yoon again for being on our podcast today. And we're going to continue to make great professionals available to you to give you the facts, to give you their insight. We understand the seriousness of the current crisis we face and the coronavirus that's affecting not only the United States and Canada, but all over the world. And so we understand this is a day-by-day case. I understand that, by the way, uh, listening to Dr. Burke, because they've sped up the testing, they're about to do five to six days worth of testing in 24 hours. So we're going to see a precipitous peak in the number of cases in in the United States. And again, that's going to happen in the next couple of days. And it'd be very easy to get very nervous and very scared when, in fact, it's a structural piece of what's taking place. The truth of the matter is nobody really knows how long, how deep, and how intense this virus is going to be. But we do know that at some point in time, this gets to be reduced. The effects get to be mitigated. The medical community is coming hard after this with antivirals, all kinds of different dynamics, shots and vaccines and whatever else. And we know, we know that it's trying. We also know that a lot of our media is coming out of places that are actually the most affected. The biggest hotspots in our country is also where a lot of the people who are doing the broadcasting and those folks are feeling the pressure and the tension the most. And I've been watching a lot of this stuff and those folks have been spreading a lot of tension and some of it absolutely well-meaning, some of it absolutely factual, but sometimes it's done in a spirit of a little more panicked, I think, than I care for. So I would just say this, this too shall pass. We're going to continue to be a voice of value. We encourage you to be a voice of value to your customers. For the most part, stay in your homes and call them. Call through your entire database. Write personal notes to everyone you've called. If you do a pop-by, bring a little gift, especially to someone who's an maybe an elderly person that can't get out as much. Do it in the most sanitary way possible, please, or don't do it at all. And also, let's do this as a community. Let's make sure that we're practicing the social distancing, the cleanliness, the hand washing, and all the things we need to do to suspend the growth of the virus. If you're sitting at home and you haven't been trained in the pathway to mastery, you know, I cannot imagine a better time to do this. So get in the game, and we've set it up now so you can take this training at home so that when you come out of this, you're ready to rock and roll. Get trained, get prepared, keep your mind good, keep putting the good stuff in while you also are taking sensible precautions and listening to the media and seeing what they have to say. But at the end of the day, let's make sure that we take a longer-term perspective to a short-term crisis. I want you all to stay safe. I want the road to rise up to meet you. I want the wind to be at your back. And I hope you know that in the midst of all of these challenges that God has us all in the hollow of his hand. We'll be seeing you real soon. You'll be hearing from us a lot more tomorrow morning on March 20th at 10 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. I'm going to be doing a Facebook Live. Any questions you have, any feedback you have, I'll be doing a Facebook Live. We'll be doing at least one Facebook Live a week 
for the foreseeable future. We'll be doing at least two podcasts a week for the foreseeable future. Let us know. Send us emails. Send us messages on social media. We want to hear where your concerns are, where you're nervous, what we can do to help. And we're going to continue to provide great content to shore up your character, shore up your confidence, and shore up your business. Until next time, God bless. We'll talk to you soon.